right, welcome to the Sweet Science of Fighting podcast. Today it's just me again, just a little update with uh, the podcast is still here. I just had, we missed a week, we had the last guest got sick, then last week I got sick with uh, bloody daycare kids that our baby interacted with. So missed a couple of weeks, then I moved the podcast to a new podcast channel, which then eventually somehow got deleted from YouTube or by YouTube. Um, so I'm appealing that those bastards, um, fucking me around there. So I'm waiting for that to come back, but the podcast is still there. If the channel is gone for whatever reason, I'll just bring back the videos back on the same channel, but YouTube best practices is apparently, uh, basically having your podcast on one channel and then your main other content, on the other channel. So this, this channel will still have all the informational videos. It'll have the vlogs that I started last week. There'll be another vlog coming out. Well, if you're listening to this on replay, it'll be out yesterday. So make sure you check that out because that one I show a full day of eating plus training or lifting plus wrestling. So that's a pretty cool little vlog there. And I talk through a bunch of different things. So that is what is going on. The podcast is still there. So still got some guests coming next. I think I might have two or three live guests on next week. And obviously they'll be out every week. But I've got uh, Jack Coke, who is a professional boxing nutritionist. That'll be very interesting. Got Alan, Dr. Alan Ruddock, who's going to talk altitude training. Uh, for boxing he's part of boxing science i've got ed cosner who is another guy like zach Evanish, who was on the latest podcast to talk uh, a lot about strength and uh, combat and blending a lot of different strength training um and then we'll have some more guests in the near future too so that's just an update there with what's happening with the podcast and the content it's all still go just had uh, a few sicknesses going around i'm sure a lot of you are feeling are feeling that going especially if you have kids but before we dive into the topic today, the topic today is obviously the training for older beat up fighters. I mean, you don't even have to be old. You can just be potentially beat up, you know, knees, back, elbows, whatever it is, shoulders. I've got some strategies to help you maximize your training around that. Um, just from my own experience and working with some older athletes as well. Um, but before we go down there, I just want to quickly dive into some Black Friday stuff that's going on. Obviously, the biggest sales of the year. And I'm going to give you just a few that are going on. The first one, obviously, the Sweet Arts Fighting Underground, of course, number one there. We're doing, I'm doing a fucking huge, massive sale. Biggest one I've ever done, basically. Limited to 20 spots, but 50% off the annual uh, membership, which is the most valuable it's ever been. So 50% off um, using code. Actually, I should actually have my codes up, shouldn't I? Let me uh, just bring those up for you. But essentially, 50% off the annual membership or you can opt for a one dollar first month trial so those those are the two options obviously the one dollar trial is not limited to any um any spot numbers but the annual one is so the annual one is uh going to be vip ssof so if you use vip ssof in the checkout that will give you 50 percent off the annual and then if you just want the $1 trial, you can do SSOFBF. And all those will be down in the description if you're listening to this later. Um, and you can take advantage of that. The Obviously, the VIP SSOF uh, only lasts until there's 20 spots, but the $1 trial and everything, that goes to the end of the month. So you can jump in on that whenever you want. So those are the two big sweet science of fighting sales. Take advantage of those while you're listening to this. Secondly, in terms of equipment, I've got... Uh, obviously my own sweet times of fighting gear that's on X Marshall. X Marshall always running sales, but they're not running big Black Friday sales. I think they've already started. 
but obviously my Tanifa shorts, my Tanifa rash guard. This is in white and black. It's sick. You've probably seen this on some of the podcast ads. And obviously the, the main sweet science shorts and then the main sweet science rash guards. It's pretty much what I train in now. Bang. Obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy these, click through my links in the description to help support me and the channel. Otherwise, I don't get I don't get a cut of uh, if you buy these without it. So make sure you check those out. Those should be on special as well. Um, for more equipment, obviously Iron Neck. I've got the box in there. Iron Neck is is always uh, they're running a big sale right now. I think they're running it the whole November. They're doing like hundred or two hundred dollars off theirs. I know people. Are, I've had a couple of emails asking if the Iron Neck was was worth it. 100% yes. If you have any kind of neck pain uh, from grappling, striking, whatever it is, it's the only thing in the world that helps and fixes my neck pain. Um, and then to be able to do rotation with it is is the most unique thing. Like no neck harness, no nothing will give you that. So the eye neck is very unique in, in that aspect. And to get it at that price, I think it's like under 500 bucks now for the pro. Um, obviously the pro and start... Uh, the pro and non-pro, the only difference is the friction dial. So the pro version, you can uh, increase the friction when going left and right with your rotations. The normal version, you don't have that option. It just stays loose. Um, that friction dial is actually quite handy to add a little bit of resistance as you do some side to side. But if you're on a budget, yeah, the other one will give you everything you need to. So check that out. Um, those links will be in the description too. Then there's also your cow for Muay Thai gear. That they haven't started the Black Friday sales yet, they don't know, but they they do one every year. It's usually like 30% off. So if you're looking for new Muay Thai gloves, shin guards, that kind of stuff, again, that link will be down in the description. The last one is uh, BJJ More, and that's for anyone who's in jiu-jitsu looking to level up, or essentially as a white or blue belt looking to level up as a beginner. A lot of guides, they have their course um, courses for accelerating your jiu-jitsu learning. That will also be down in the description. They're doing a big Black Friday sale. So <coughs> check those out. That's everything. That's everything I've got uh, currently that I know will be doing sales. There's obviously, some other companies that might be doing sales. Uh, Rev Gear might be another one with their gear. Um, Hit and move boxing gloves. I'm hoping they're going to do a Black Friday sale. I'm not sure if they are. Um, and those are definitely worth it. And then, uh, yeah, that should that should be it regarding Black Friday. So make sure you check all those out. Click the links in the description to help the channel. But we'll go straight into our our topic. And that is the training strategies for older beat up fighters. Now, obviously this applies for anyone who's suffering from niggly injuries and things like that. Uh, but I've got some strategies that I've used. I mean, my body is, you know, it feels, feels pretty good. I can do everything currently with very little to no pain. Um, but obviously, you know, sometimes things get flared up or, you know, I've, I've done a, a lifetime of competing in different sports as well so you know i've got some wear and tear and that's normal it's just part of life and part of being competitive and even if you're not competitive you know you probably still got these things from being competitive in the past <clears throat> so i've got some things that i like to do that i have been using a lot over the past few years that works really really well for people who are struggling with some of this and the first one is a reverse of the uh i guess session design philosophy so typically you'll hear me talk about okay you should do your fast movements first and you should move towards your slow movements so as an example you might do your warm-up you might do some jump plyometric stuff you might do some throws you might do some uh loaded power movements uh like barbell jump squats or olympic lifts or kettlebell swings and then you might do your heavier movements like heavy squats etc 
if you suffer from knee pain, um, just other niggly injuries like that, even for the upper body, like elbows and stuff like that, reverse it. So start with your heavy strength stuff. So you do your warm up. Then you might do your heavy squat first or whatever it is. Or you might do some kind of heavy Olympic lift and then a heavy squat, something like that. After you've done that, then go and do your explosive movements. Now it sounds counterintuitive, but I promise you, if you go from doing your heavy squats or your heavy Olympic lifts, and then you go and you finish your session with jump, some kind of jumps or throws, your joints feel so much better, 10,000 times better that you can actually do them with no pain. So that is something to, to experiment with. I think just going through the full range of motion, for example, in a squat with heavy load, it just, it's like the ultimate warm up to the point where you, if you start going to do different jumps, you don't have that uh, sharp pain when you're going about them. So give that a try. For upper body, I don't think it applies as well. Like if you have a, real, a, a funny shoulder, like it, doing heavy bench press isn't smart or heavy overhead press if it hurts. So this is more geared towards lower body, especially knees, uh, just with tendon pain. It just, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like the it's like the extra warm up of the load and things like that kind of gets you into a point where you can do jumps and things with no pain. So reverse that order. Don't do your jumps, plyometric stuff in the beginning. Do them at the end if you are, suffering as a combat athlete um you can also remove more high impact i guess you could say jumps and upper body plyometrics and opt for something that is less impactful so throws don't have the same impact as a uh, more intense plyometric so you can lean more towards throws than jumps as an example um olympic lifts depending on what you're doing tend to feel okay as long as I wouldn't do the full lifts. I would do some kind of powers. Even the muscle, muscle clean and muscle snatch are really good because you don't have the impact as you move your feet and hit the ground. So those are also really nice as well. And then obviously the high pull variations are awesome because you don't have any impact whatsoever. So snatch high pulls and clean high pulls are, are legit um, power exercises. And then obviously you've got like the kettlebell swing as well, which can be a great hip hinge power movement. Again, that doesn't have the impact. So you, you'll kind of shift, you'll kind of stay away more from the jumps and things like that, and you'll gear more towards the throws and maybe the heavier Olympic lifts. Um, if you need something more velocity-based, just a lighter ball. Um, or jumping, like like box jumps might be the only jump you do because you don't have the impact of the landing, right? Because you're jumping up onto a box, step down. And that can be something you do instead of doing um, repeated jump, like vertical jumps where you land back on the floor. So just little modifications like that can help you so you can train longer and be more available for your technical training and not be suffering a pain while you're trying to improve physical performance essentially um a second thing to do what i've found is using loaded isometrics as a main strength movement works really really well so i was going through a period where i had some pretty bad knee pain uh must have been last year i think it was and you know i just i just couldn't squat like front squat, back squat would just hurt regardless. So we know that isometrics have a really good ability, one, to numb the tendon before training. So typically you're looking at doing like long duration, like split squats, like 60 plus seconds in a split squat position. And you're trying to almost like scissor your legs together. So you're pulling with the front leg and pushing with the back leg and creating that tension. And that isometric hold tends to remodel the tendon to help with the collagen fibers. So usually within tendon pain, you've got collagen fibers in the tendon that are all like spaghetti messed up. And then 
the the slow movement of the isometric almost like pulls them apart and tries to realign them so <clears throat> isometrics have that ability to help improve the tendon what i've found as well is depending on the isometric you're doing because you're loading a stretched position you're becoming more mobile so with particularly the bulgarian split squat is the one i, I used often that worked really well it loads the rectus femoris muscle. So the muscle that runs, in the, it's a quad muscle, runs from the top of your hip through to your knee. So it, it's the only quad muscle that crosses both joints. So if you're uh, what is it, extending the hip and flexing the knee, you get a huge stretch on that muscle. So the bottom of the Bulgarian split squat stretches that rectus femoris hard. And then when you load it on top of it, it's now uh, supporting the load in that end range essentially improving your mobility, making it stronger, making the muscle longer. That can help potentially relieve some of that pain, especially, I won't say it's all down to this, but sometimes that tight rectus femoris can almost like pull on that knee and you can kind of feel it during some movements. So I did loaded Bulgarian split squats with a barbell and I'll do 20 to 30 second holds. So I'll start with body weight to warm up. I'd use the bar. I think I got to a point where I worked up to 50 kilos so I'll say 115 pounds or something for 30 seconds, a couple of sets. That's brutal. That's really damn hard. So, you know, work your way up slowly through the weeks. But even like 30 kilos, 40 kilos, that kind of thing done in a loaded Bulgarian split squat position. I found my leg size, maintain my leg size easily. If not, they look slightly bigger because you get a mad pump holding that position. But my legs were just as strong. When I got back to squatting, my legs were just as strong. And just holding that position is is so powerful. And you don't even need that much load. Again, I only worked up to 50, 50 kilos for, you know, 20 to 30 seconds for one or two sets because I've countless sets working up as working sets once I got to a certain weight, like 40 kilos. So give that a try. It's well worth doing if you suffer from some kind of pain and you can make that your main movement because you can do that. And then if there's something, then after you've done that, maybe you can do, you know, some kind of single leg um squatting movement you can even do bulgarian split squat afterwards as um if you need some extra you know hypertrophy work or whatever it is your goal is you can do that straight after you're already warmed up in that bottom position you've got load and everything um so it shouldn't hurt if you're suffering from some kind of pain there uh yes give that a go it's well worth trying but i think the barbell's a better option than dumbbells when you're doing the, the loaded iso you can kind of load it heavier um and it just tends to feel better i don't know why just does so give the barbell version a go and 20 to 30 seconds a couple of sets and you're and you can do whatever else you need to do in that session another way for upper body you can do it with push-up and you can do it with your hands elevated so you can get extra range of motion so if you have like two plates and you get into the bottom position you get a big stretch on the chest and shoulders there you can definitely do that have load on your back have some of the plates on your back whatever it is and you can do this exactly the same thing with the upper body so you can if you're suffering from some kind of elbow or shoulder pain that will hit a good so like for example i've had this funny thing with with my left shoulder that's it just felt a little a little gummy it hurt a little bit when i would do straight bar bench press it wasn't too bad but more recently there's a machine chest flight the gym my wife and i go to on, on mondays it's kind of like our date thing when we have a babysitter but they have a machine chest fly it's a really good one it's an arsenal strength one and instead of it just being a straight incline bent it's like an incline chest fly but instead of it being a straight incline bench, it like curves round. So it's almost like your back is fully open, your chest can fully open. 
And I've been doing that for, for reps and getting like a huge stretch at the bottom, just trying to get the biggest stretch I can in the pecs and shoulders. Um, it was relatively light load, like 25 pounds each side. It's nothing crazy on a machine as well. And I'll do like anywhere from 10 to 20 reps on it and just get a mean burn and just get that stretch. And my shoulder feels so fucking good from doing that. So just like straight bodybuilding movements with this with loaded stretches, if you're old and beat up, is going to be a lifesaver for you and your joints. And I'm telling you now, if you're not doing this stuff already, you need to do it. And if you're going to do them, you should you should do most of these at the end of a session. The loaded Bulgarian split squat, I think you can, you can do it at the beginning of some main movement. You wouldn't do like a machine chest fly as a main movement. So you would do like, say you'll do your normal pressing or whatever it is, weighted push-ups, et cetera. You'll do maybe one movement and then you would do your loaded stretch. And that loaded stretch movement would be kind of like a finisher. So some options for that, the machine chest fly or chest flies in general, they're really damn good just to open up your shoulders. I think it's good just to be in those positions as well in case you find yourself in those uh during your combat sport you can do the same thing with the lats and there's a really nice lat stretcher exercise where you put the neutral handles on the lat pull down instead of sitting on the lat pull down and pulling yourself down you stand behind the bench you put one foot against the bench and you lean forward and let the weight pull your shoulders forward and you stretch your lats and you come back and row and you're going to do that pull come back and row and then you're going to come all the way forward again every time you do that you get this hard stretch on the lat through the eccentric and it's um you you feel like your shoulders feel so good after doing something like that so that that's one for the lats you can also do the same thing with pullovers so dumbbell pullovers at the end of a session to really um open up the lats as well because remember people say you know you should be doing two to one three to one pulling to pushing but that's bullshit you just if you're biasing the lats through pulling and you're biasing the pecs through pushing the lats attach to the front of the shoulder so if that was such a problem you're literally just making it worse by doing a lot of pulling and a lot of pushing. So the best thing is to do loaded stretches at the end of the session. Honestly, it feels so damn good. So lat stretches, machine flies, those are the two main ones for the upper body. We've already got the lower body one the Bulgarian split squat. Obviously, you can do the same thing like remaining in deadlift would count as a loaded stretch, especially at the bottom position. You can hold that as well as an option. Um, seated leg curls, if you have access to a machine like that, I wouldn't advise doing too many leg curls in your training session um but there is a very good place for them before squatting as well so first let me touch on the seated leg curl so the seated leg curl puts your hammies in a way bigger stretch than a lying leg curl if you're doing leg curls maybe you're training for some for mass or whatever it is as a grappler or something so you do seated leg curl and you lean forward and that top position gets a huge stretch um, really good for be really good for lengthening the hamstrings but where i think the leg curl has the most value as an older beat up fighter is if you are doing some kind of lower body movement let's just say you're going to do the loaded bulgarian split squat first you would do the leg curl and you do the leg curl you'll get a really good hamstring pump 10 to 20 reps a few sets doesn't have to be crazy to failure but it can get pretty close that hamstring pump makes your knees feel a million dollars before you go and do some kind of squatting so even if you're not doing the loaded bulgarian isometric split squat you could do the leg curl and then go and do squats i'm telling you now it makes the biggest difference doing the leg curl first before you go do squats and that counts across the board so if you yeah if you're doing your squat first or whatever it is in that exercise do the leg curl first and then the squat um and that's where i see the leg curl has real 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 value when you're a little a little beat up especially on the lower body so do that first squat or isometric bulgarian split squat loaded 
and you can get that uh, extra range of motion there. So that's another one for the lower body. Obviously, you can do the same thing with calves and things like that. You can kind of get the load to stretch there as well. Um, you can do the same thing with the adductors, the groin. So like lying down like a butterfly with your feet together and legs open, you can put a plate on one leg and you can kind of like isometrically push up and let that weight bring your your leg back down. That's another option to help lengthen that. Um, although this is a basic, it's all basically mobility training. So remember, mobility training is strength training just at long ranges of motion or full range of motion. So taking a, an approach like that, one, it will still retain all your strength. These in-range, even in-range partials, in-range isometrics are super powerful at building muscle and, and building strength. Um, you don't have to train like a bodybuilder to do that, especially when combat sports is potentially your number one priority. So yeah, give that one a go. Another, op, another thing that you need to do if you are older or beat up is pause your reps when you're doing your main lift. So let's just say, for example, maybe you do bench press as part of your, your training routine. Don't bounce everything off your chest so quickly. Same thing with squat. Don't bounce out of the bottom so quickly. Control it down, slight pause, and then drive up. Uh, honestly, when you start doing stuff like, when you start doing those pauses and really controlling it, like the joint pain just doesn't exist. So it's just about controlling that load instead of um, instead of just bouncing everything and giving that wear and tear on the joints. So that's definitely worth doing. Pausing the reps, obviously that's not always possible, maybe not in every training cycle, things like that. But majority of the time, do that. The other thing is to either do higher reps. So for example, I mentioned like 10 to 20 when you're doing like chest fights and stuff like that. Or if you're doing heavier loads, stay way further away from failure than someone else. So instead of doing like five sets of five, or you can completely reduce the volume. So instead of doing say five, five sets of five, at no, 70% of your 1RM for a squat or bench, you might only do five sets of two or three at the same percentage. So you're staying way away from failure, but you're going to feel way fresher, um, especially as an older or better fighter. That's super important, especially if especially if you're prioritizing what's happening at technical training. That is something you can do. If you're more of a recreational, maybe fighter, you like to lift, you're lifting to look good and be strong, etc. And then you're kind of doing your combat sport, you know, just for a bit of cardio, learning something new, then obviously it might not apply as well. You might still need to do the volume, but for someone who's prioritizing combat sports, yeah, completely drop the volume of what you're doing in the gym. Um, and then you'll feel way better. The other thing to do is try stay away from barbell movements typically that's a general rule for someone who's older and beat up the fixed bar tends to cause problems especially as an as again with the example like the bench press like the straight bar with the shoulders and elbows can be an issue if you have specialty bars it's like the best thing ever if you don't dumbbells are probably your better option dumbbell bench dumbbell overhead press etc for your upper body are typically better options than using the bar if you are feeling if you if you have problems in your upper body for lower body same thing. You don't have to squat with the... Look, there's no hard and fast rules. The barbell is for barbell sports. You don't need to use barbells to strength train. You could, do, you could do your entire strength conditioning for your combat sport with no barbells. You could do that. It's uh, There's nothing wrong with that. You'll still see great results. But opt for things like dumbbells. If you have specialty bars, safety squat bars are awesome. Even though thick bar is a barbell, I tend to find the thicker bar tends to 
be easier on the joints probably because the loads are lighter because you can only hold so much thick bars you have cambered bars that are slightly bent those are great for your hand position if you have it on your back and things like that um you got swiss bars which are awesome they have like the neutral grips and angled grips those are great if you have shoulder problems when benching and pressing these are all great options if you don't have any of these again dumbbells i would even put sandbags in there different weight sandbags you can do all things. you can throw sandbags you can carry them you can do olympic lifts with the sandbags um there's a bunch of you can squat with them you can press them all of it you can do a bunch of stuff with the sandbag it's awkward which is awesome you develop that rugged quote-unquote rugged strength or farm boy strength with them um those are those are great options to use <clears throat> especially when you're feeling a little old and beat up probably honestly make you feel better because you're kind of deloading a lot of the, all of the weights you would when you're using a barbell so yeah give give those a try i think that was four or five things i gave you there if you're an older bit of fun again just to recap perform your explosive impact plyometric jumps explosive exercises at the end of your session or after a heavy strength training movement for example you do your leg curl and squat and then after that you do your jumps and things you feel way better doing that use loaded isometrics and the end ranges for example a barbell isometric bulging split squat in the bottom position or in the push-up in the bottom position holding those for 20 to 30 seconds pause your reps don't bounce them uh just for joint health use different implements within your training uh instead of just barbells and you'll feel a lot better for doing that um but yeah but this was a little shorter podcast it was just me this time didn't have many people joining join live but make sure I'll, i will let you guys know when the hopefully the podcast channel that i created comes back to life by the youtube deleting it so once that comes back i'll let you all know as well the podcast will be on there and the training vlogs and the informational videos will be on this channel. Where I've actually got a whole, I think it's like a 20 plus minute video on in-season wrestling training coming up. Um, I've also got a video on why you should train more like Sean Strickland, uh, who spars every day. So I dive into a little bit of that for you. Uh, and I've got a bunch more videos lined up as well that will be coming out there. But hopefully you enjoyed that. Make sure you comment, like, subscribe, share everything you can to help grow this. And I will see you next week. Thank you